Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Ken. Uh, it's Trent Ken Miller. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. Hello there. Hello. And we are with you for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you spending up. That's some of that time uh, here with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, we are going to speak with the following. The bottom of the hour, Tommy Birch will slide in here from the Des Moines Register. A lot of different places we will go with Tommy. Uh, baseball, uh, name, image, and likeness here in the state of Iowa. The Register, Heinz, PD, and the crew over there, I think doing a really good job of... Um, uh, bringing some clarity as to what we can see in our state, trying to help us understand it a little bit better. So Birchie will be here, and of course he is, what, weeks away now from that plum assignment. I'm assuming he still has it, of uh, heading over to Field of Dreams mm-hmm. to watch the White Sox and the Yankees uh, collide on Sunday night baseball. So Birchie at 10.30. Vinny Iyer will join us from the Sporting News at 11.05. He covers the NFL and fantasy football uh, during the um, during that period of time at the uh, Sporting News as well. So Vinny Iyer at 11.05, and then we'll talk Big 12 with our friend Matt Postens uh, from Heartland College Sports. They do a terrific job over there. If indeed you are a, a Big 12 fan, I'm assuming you're aware of what they're doing uh, covering the conference. If you're not, you should be. Uh, Matt Postens will join us at 11.30 to discuss. So overall, a Monday night when we had certainly a lot of opportunities sports-wise. Um, the Cubs and the Brewers were good through eight. Mm-hmm. Patrick Wisdom's home run, Trent. I mean, that was as mammoth of a shot. And I never did see the... Um, uh, how far it traveled. It, it traveled. It, it hit the bar in the upper deck in center field. I saw 465, I think, was the felt number. like he got shortchanged. I did, too, because I heard on radio on my way back from uh-huh. Waukee last night. <laughs> did you? And Pat Hughes certainly was selling it. Oh. And then I see the graphic up. On, I think it was Mark. He had it maybe in the post game that it was just the fourth longest of the year. No mm. way. After seeing it. There's no way that's only the fourth longest of the year for the Cubs. That seemed... I would be surprised. Right. Yeah. He just smoked it and knew from the instant uh, that it hit his bat that that ball was gone and it's not <laughs> coming back. And uh, It was a big spot for them as they tied it for a piece, but uh, bottom, of the, uh, bottom of the eighth inning, here comes the Brew Crew, and it was on. And uh, Ryan Tapera, who had been one of the stories of this bullpen, and I'm not... Um, Alarmed at the way he's pitched the last couple of days, although I will point this out, since the sticky has been brought into the game, his numbers seemingly are going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Could be absolutely coincidence. I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat going all conspiracy theorist on you, but if you look to the... uh, uh, to the 21st of June, and subsequently after that, uh, his numbers have um, have gone the wrong way, and he's been one of the stories coming out of that uh, out of that bullpen, and there's certainly been a lot of them. We thought Trent that this was going to be a big, big week for the Cubs as to what they're going to do uh, when they approach the trade deadline. Um, look, it's not it's not a 
uh, a big deal when you get beat by the Dodgers. They're a really good mm-hmm. baseball team. They were in this game last uh, yesterday against the uh, Brewers for the longest time. Hendricks wasn't great uh, in the baseball game, but you know what? Uh, tonight, it's not going to get any easier because the next couple of nights, the two aces for the Brewers will be on the bump. Uh, Brandon Woodruff tonight and Corbin Burns tomorrow afternoon. Cincinnati's playing lights out, and that's where the Cubs go next. So I think we are right to call it a crossroads going into mm-hmm. this week, and last night was um, you know, not the, uh, not the start you wanted. You know, the the environment, the sound, and being in Milwaukee, but you know the amount of Cubs fans that are going it to be there. It was crazy. And it was that explosion of sound that happened at that point. It really felt like they were going to get him. Yeah, I thought so too. And then to to not just lose the game, but to give up a 10 spot, you know, and uh, get a couple, and then the Grand Slam, uh-huh. and Hira, yeah. we talked about him yesterday yeah. a little bit. Welcome back. He can be a big difference maker for this Milwaukee team. I still think they're a bat short of competing, well, competing with the Dodgers and the mm-hmm. Padres and now even the Giants. Mm-hmm. There may be a bat short of being, I think, at that level. But this team is really talented. We don't know. All of a sudden, Christian Yelich, a lot of times he's elite superstar players. And he's not obviously playing at that level and he hasn't sensed the injury. Right. But it can click. It can all come together very quickly and be that on July 15th or August 15th or September 15th, if it happens, the Brewers, they can win it all. The Milwaukee Brewers can win the World Series because of what they have 1-2, what they have in the back end of the bullpen, and, of course, what they have in, if they get a former MVP back in Christian Yelich. This team is that good. Back to what he was. Right. right. If he gets back to yeah. that level. I believe in this team that much. And you saw it before the year. I wasn't buying it all, but, but you I like sold you, and I think you actually dipped into your I account. Right? I did, because <laughs> yeah. I was already on the Cardinals, and I was pretty steadfast on that one. Yeah. You made a compelling argument, and I finally I jumped aboard, and I completely see it. Now, I don't think anybody saw Woodruff doing what he is. No. It burns mm-hmm. at the level that he has been. This team's really, really good. I think they are, too. And because of what we're seeing out west, the Cubs conversation, if this goes poorly here the next two days, and they're limping into the All-Star break... You get a couple of weeks after that, and it's the trade deadline. What's a more realistic scenario? They're big buyers or they're sellers? I think you have to sell, Trent. I really yeah. do. Depending on what your plans were going to be going into it, I mean, they, they had a chance to sign Rizzo. They didn't take him up on that opportunity. Patrick Wisdom is playing a really good third base. He's got a terrific arm. He's good defensively. We know what he does in the batter's box. And I get Chris Chris Bryant. He can play anywhere, and he does. You can put him at third. You can put him at first, and they have. You can put him in left, center, and right, and they have in all three positions. You love the versatility that he brings to the field. He was having an MVP-type season. But has Patrick Wisdom all of a sudden made Chris Bryant expendable? That's if you are selling, I'm not saying right. they're the yeah, same guy. Going. Yeah, but it's not like you're plugging in David Bodie at third when you run Chris Bryant mm-hmm. out of town, right? You got a guy that has pedigree. Yes, was a first round pick. Right. Has shown that he can mm-hmm. compete at this level. He's not going to replace completely the production of a great Chris Bryant, right. a healthy Chris Bryant, because he can play guy. anywhere. Trent, I mean, he can play five positions. He can't catch, can't pitch, can't play short. He might be able to play second. He probably could. Yeah, but you don't want him to. Dot dot dot. When you're building a team, all right, you have a finite amount, ultimately, of resources. You're going to spend whatever that number turns out to be when you're spending, mm-hmm. 225 250 
all right, do we invest $30 million of that a year in Chris Bryant? Mm. Or do we take what we have here? I'm going to guess Patrick Wisdom doesn't have a whole lot of service time at the major league level. No, he's he, going to be arbitration Trent, eligible. He's a rookie. Right. He's, he's still a rookie so in you Major have League Baseball's eyes. For five years? And even if he turns into a pumpkin, he's cost you $600,000. You move on. You bring in the next young guy. You go that route. You bring in a veteran. You can do that. I think it makes more sense to invest in the four guys that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It more, makes more sense to invest in Javi. Even as frustrating as that guy can be, him, yeah. Rizzo, because he's the He face. had a couple of at-bats yesterday. Those Trent, are my two. I, I think if I could pick two of four, yeah. encompassing everything, that's who I'd choose. Javi Baez yeah. and Anthony Rizzo. I would like to see you. I, I hope you get your wish. I, I, look, I don't want them to tear down the Cubs. I don't. Mm-hmm. But if they do, they've got some pieces, right? Brian is going to bring some. Craig Kimbrell is going to bring a boatload. Mm-hmm. He's under team con- team option, I think, next year. I believe that they could pick up prior to um, prior to moving him out of town. And I hope they don't. Trent, he is back putting up numbers again. He, oh, it's just a little below striking out one every two guys he faces. He, he cased them. You're exactly right. He uh, has another $16 million due next season. That's all for him? 16 mil a year. Yeah. Uh, club option, uh, $1 million buyout. I don't think the way no, he's pitching it, he's <laughs> buying out with that one. Uh, he is uh, going to pass, looks like, the vesting option for that. So, yeah, $16 million for a closer at this level, mm-hmm. not breaking the bank in mm-hmm. any way. And we've seen the evolution of baseball and how impo- important those bullpen pieces are. And you're able to shift everybody down if you are a team that needs a little bit of help there. That's a good one. You're going to get a ton. You mentioned Tapera, but there's other guys in that bullpen, too, that are going to fetch something I'm with you. and more than a bag of balls. Yes, There's going to be, mm-hmm. out of this bullpen, guys that I'm sure other teams are going to look at and say, yeah, these are the guys that are going to help us. These Chafin are... has been unbelievable yes, and a he's one. a left-handed, left-handed yes. pitcher. Yet um, he's not a loogie. He's not a left-handed only specialist. Right. He can yes. get righties out That's also. True. Yeah, Because those guys, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen. You like to have them. Uh-huh. Also with the change in baseball, where when you come in, it's not just a one-out lefty. It's true. The old days of that, yeah, yep. kids, that's how baseball used to yeah. be. And, uh, you got to face a minimum of three or get yeah. to, the bat, to the bottom of an inning. Or... So that, I think, improves the likelihood that you see a guy like that. They still could turn it around. It's still baseball. I they know. could have a, They could finish this thing off, win a couple of two-to-one games, mm-hmm. and our conversation come Thursday is completely different. That's how quickly it can change, but I think the likelihood is ultimately they are sellers. I, I'm with you. I think that they've put themselves in that position. Look, we'll see. They've got two more with the Brewers. Then they go to, they're off Thursday, Cincinnati for three, Phillies for four, before they finish up with the Cardinals going into the All-Star break. Um, we knew the June schedule was daunting. A couple of West Coast trips sprinkled into it. But we also knew that they had a pretty fortuitous May when it came to their schedule. Yeah. So the teams, and here's the thing, folks, the teams that are beating them in June, are the teams you're going to have to beat in October. Yes. Because those teams are going to be the teams that are getting to postseason. And they haven't shown that they could. Now, I get it. They they swept the Dodgers in May, right, when the uh, when the Dodgers mm-hmm. were uh, at, at Wrigley Field. So they've shown that they can have some success. But I just don't like the looks of this team right now. Rizzo's back is, is acting up again. I don't want him to tear it down. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't want... 
Look, the Cubs are good for us in the summer months, selfishly. um, They're they're the needle mover of Major League Baseball teams. Not by a significant significant margin. Of all the professional sports, I think the gap between them Mm. and everybody else here in our market. So you mean the NFL teams? Yes. I agree. We've had this conversation. The story I always tell, I talked to the, the sales buyer for professional sports for the football guy at Shields. He said... It's basically a quarter for all the four twenty-five percent a piece. That's as close as you're going to get. NBA, it really just doesn't yeah, matter in doesn't this market. Register, yeah. NHL, no. The black. Who would you guess is first? Is it the Wild or the Blackhawks? I think it's the Wild now. Yeah, I, I think, think it you're is. right. And I and I, I mean, it, I think it was the Blackhawks by default, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because the NHL, look, I, it seemed like you got to the. Iowa Minnesota border mm-hmm. and hockey stopped. <laughs> yeah, released. Yeah, you know. I that... grew up on the Iowa right. Minnesota border. And guess what? We didn't play hockey. No, no. We're going over to Mason City and watch some Husky games, and that that would be the winter appearance of hockey yeah. in my world. They'd uh, take the skate uh, the tennis courts and they throw some water on it during the winter months, and like two guys would go out there skating around, and they'd have their own nets that they bring out there and sticks and play one on one hockey. That's about it. That was uh, all that we got. You're right, right on the border there. But I, yeah, probably the wild. But still, and and you know what? If, if it is the wild, hats off to them. Yes, because they have cultivated, that. and and now we 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 know that they're um, East Coast. Was it ECHL that moved into town? Is it's the level below the wild? So it's Double A mm-hmm. uh, is taking their place. What do they call themselves? The Heartlanders, the Iowa Heartlanders. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, and it, it's it's a. Very limited number of players that come through there that will ever see an NHL score sheet. Oh, okay. You just you don't. It's um, it's tough. It's it's a big big leap. It's it's um, you can make it to the next level. You can make it to the AHL to the Minnesota or to the Iowa Wild, but um, yeah, it's just it just doesn't happen a lot. But when you talk about let, let's try to play with some percentages here, pure guesswork. You're talking about baseball fans in Central Iowa. As to as to how they would, um, is it break? Uh, so we start with a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I'll go forty percent Cubs. That's exactly what was in my mind. I'll go twenty. I think twenty to twenty five. I think I was going lower. I was going more fifteen for the next team. Uh, maybe twenty. I'll go twenty Cardinals. You think it's Cardinals? I do, and maybe I'm. Just get I think the, you're a little swayed for what you've heard on the radio since you've been That's what I was about here. to say. Yeah. That's just what I was about to say, so you can correct me. Twins, obviously. Uh-huh. But are we doing Central Iowa or are we doing State of Iowa? We're doing Central Iowa. Okay. Because it's different in every pocket yeah. that you go into also. So we, we got to get to 100. we got to get to 100. 40 Cubs. Yeah. And, and we're just doing the regional teams. Let's leave the Yankees aside and all those so, others. Okay, so before we go on, so we put in the White Sox, the Royals. Yep. The Cardinals and the Cubs and and the Brewers. You want to put the Brewers in? They're they're bigger than you think. Yeah. We always have this is an argument that we have a lot too. I think that number now ultimately we were talking about this hundred percent pie. Mm-hmm. It might be seven percent, five percent. It might be down there. I think of that's the other thing. Who has more fans in Central Iowa, Brewers or White Sox? Oh my! Because if you listen to this radio station, you well, think sure. it's the White Sox. Yeah. But I don't I... think that's the case from. Just walking around now for the last almost 15 years here, I feel like I see a lot more Brewers gear than I do White Sox. Do you? I know Whipper, mm-hmm. Chuck Reed. Yep. There are White Sox fans. Sean Roberts. Well, yeah, I was, I wasn't Emery bringing Songer. guys in the building. And you, yeah. Ah, that's a good one. 
So okay, so forty Cubs. I'm going to stick with twenty Cardinals. Okay, and I would go. Who's third? I think the Twins. And remember, for some of our younger listeners, the Twins were on WHO for a long yes. time during the '60s when they yep. came to Minneapolis '70s and into the '80s. Yep. That's a big portion. I remember we did an event up the dial over at Seven Flags at the event center. There, it was a Twins caravan. Oh, Just okay. Being absolutely shocked. How many people showed up? Yeah. And who was the big name that came with them? Who was the big name player? Uh, Bert and Dick were both there okay. from the TV broadcast right. crew. Dick, but Bremer normally and they Bert. bring a, a, and you know, a fourth or fifth outfielder, right? And that was, and that's what it was. The big name, though, it wasn't Morneau because he was originally scheduled, and I remember a couple of weeks beforehand his schedule had changed, so okay. it wasn't that. But I mean, it was a name. It was right. it was a guy. I can't remember. I'm not a autograph guy, so it wasn't. Uh, I need to get their autograph or anything like well, that. that. That's good with you in radio. That yes, you're not yeah. An guy. No, no, that's not a good thing to be. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was just surprised by that. So I think I think you're right. Now I'm also a Twins fan, and that right. probably taints my so view. So fifteen, fifteen, and so then, now we've given out seventy five percent. So we're down to twelve for the Royals. I think they're next. Yeah, I do too. 12 for the Royals, and then you want to go 7-6, White right. Sox, Brewers, yes. any, any way you carve I think it that's up. a pretty, we're pretty close here. Mm-hmm. If we're wrong, at Miller and Condon on Twitter. Tell us well, where I we're mean, missing. I, and, and, and <laughs> there's nothing, you can't go to a book. Right. Right? Yeah. Or you can't find something on Twitter that says, oh, there's, you guys are fully, you know what, yeah. just look at this, read this. And there's nothing been done like that. So, I don't know. Probably, I think, I th- I think that we're So close. back to your original point, Cubs, come on, be relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need them. No, we do. We need them through the summer months. We do, uh, and we'll see. I, I don't want them to sell off everybody, but uh, man, it seems like they might be headed in that direction. Big couple of weeks ahead of us. So the basketball last night, mm-hmm. it was, it was one of those games, Trent. I, I and I could I appreciate Phoenix trying to go on a little bit of a run. It was one of those games that the opponent wouldn't allow to. That they stopped whenever it got kind of Reggie Jackson's three. Mm-hmm. Um, how much time's left? Six minutes, six and a half. I don't recall exactly. It's a four point game. He hits a he hits a three, and it just felt at that point that any hope, um, if you were on the Suns, and a lot of people were, were going to come back and win this basketball game. I thought at that moment. Who who says dagger? Who's the dagger? I don't know. Whichever. Is that Bream? It might be. Well, he's but he's got the just, bang. It might. It might. That might have been at the point in the game. I said, you know what? This isn't. Uh, Phoenix is going to have to uh, get back on a plane. They're going to have another game coming up. And a game in L.A. And that's the fun thing about the two-two-one-one-one format. Mm-hmm. The way that it should be in any seven-game series. Sport, yes, right. it doesn't matter the sport. Yeah, this is the way that you put together a seven-game series because. That 3-1 lead, and as it's happening and unfolding, it usually feels very much like it's over. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, it's over. And then that game five comes, and you do it on the road, and then you get to go home if you are the visiting team. Right. And then the pressure starts to build, and you get to, and if you force a game seven, though you have to do it on the road, the pressure, oh sure, it's not on you. You have momentum. I know analytic people don't believe in momentum. I watch sports for 41 years now. I believe in momentum. Mm -hmm. I know you can't quantify it. I know you can't put it on your stat sheet. Look what Montreal did to Toronto. Yes. The pressure was all on the Leafs. Mm -hmm. They had to go back into their building. I I know. There was no fans there. But the pressure was on the Leafs. The Habs kicked the you-know-what out of them. Yes. And Toronto was a better hockey team. I'm with you. I think it's a perfect example. Um, 
we the, Phoenix better win on, in, in Game Six. That's how I see it. I'm right there with you. And then you start bringing up. We've been hearing about playoff P and ripping on playoff P. Well, playoff P showed up. Yeah, he showed he up. Rubbed in a your big nose way. <laughs> last night. He was terrific. But it'll come back the other way. It'll it be, will. It'll be Chris Paul and mm-hmm. all. And he has look at his resume of playoff choke jobs, and mm-hmm. it is a long one. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it's been injury based, but not all of it has been. You're going to have that piece of it too. So all these things start to build, and they start to go, and they get to this crescendo. If it gets to a game seven. I more than likely be betting the Clippers. If everybody's healthy, taking Kawhi out of the equation. So that would be a Friday night. Is that what it'll be? It would be Friday night. Oh yeah, that's if it's good. if it's going, you know, day on, day off, day on. Yep. And uh, yes, I'm looking at the schedule right it? now, and that's what they have it scheduled for. Okay. A game seven there. Yeah, I'm in for that one. I am too. Hockey last night was awful. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I have one note from hockey last night. Um, got there and just. As I was flipping through, catching back up in the evening, I go over to the hockey, and I see Stan Coase's goal that mm-hmm. made it 5-1. Mm-hmm. Just happened to flip on it at the exact time. Yeah, I right didn't time. see that goal. I was I, I'm going to guess, yeah, yeah, you didn't. And I thought to myself, man, that guy's been part of my hockey life for a long yeah. time. He's been a really good player mm-hmm. for a really long player. He's got to be oh, 37, 38 no, years old. that old. And then I look it up. He's 31. Yeah. It feels like he's... I. I feel like he played with Mario Lemieux. He's been around for so long. No. He was drafted in 2008. He was a first-round draft yeah. pick. He was first overall pick, yes. was he not? And he's been around basically since then, yet still only 31 years old. No, I know. Uh, captain of the team. Uh, look, there, there's just too much firepower. I want this to be a series in the worst way. I think that we're looking at four games. And I've been wrong about this Montreal team. Everybody has, right? But this is the time. It just looks as though they finally met their match and run out of gas or whatever you mm-hmm. want. They just don't have the guys that can match up with this team. Tampa Bay is battle-tested. They won it in the bubble last year. They've got four incredible lines. Montreal doesn't have a star. This kid Cole Caulfield... Mm-hmm. Cool story. Yeah, really cool story. Yeah. In March, he's playing for Wisconsin. Yeah. Right? He's the Hobie Baker winner, which goes, is like the Heisman Trophy in, in, in college hockey. Uh, he gets he's, he's, he leaves school, signs his pro contract. They put him in the AHL. Um, he, he lights it up in the two or three games at the end of the season that he played there and just has been unbelievable in the playoffs. But they just don't have enough of him. There's just too much firepower. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all if once these, once this series leaves Tampa, that the next time that the uh, Lightning get together in Tampa, they're on boats in the okay. harbor on a parade. <laughs> yeah, I got you. It just seems like, man, this is headed for Sweep City. I hope I'm wrong. I love this. Uh, I love the Stanley Cup Final. It's been a really good playoff, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to be compelling. I think the numbers are going to show it. I cringe knowing that they're going to come out yeah. and that the Montreal, the Canadian market does not um, does not factor in the metering of this and the hockey haters are going to have their heyday and it drives me nuts when I see some the Iditarod killing the hockey. <laughs> what? I mean, it's just, I still, I'll never understand it. I, I, I'll go to my grave, I'll never understand. And I, and, well, I shouldn't say that. I have a small... I get it, kind of, because you didn't grow up playing it. Mm-hmm. 
But if you watch it and you love sports, you've got everything. You've got speed. You've got brutality. Yes. Um, there's just so much that goes into the game of hockey at that level. And for it not to gain a larger audience here, we don't play it. It's not like, you know, the sun goes down and you've got your skate and your stick over your shoulder like a hobo. Uh, and you're walking to the rink and you're going to skate for, you know, till the street lights come on or what, you know, when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't even begin to estimate how many hours of my life and every kid that grows up in Canada, not just me, spent on an outdoor rink. So that was life for us. You grew up in Winnipeg. Yes. In the city proper. Yes. So, was there a pond? I mean, what? No, there was a rink on every corner. So that's what it was. So yes. they just everywhere. They're just iced down, and that's where you go. Community hockey, like and, that, you look at a basketball hoop as you're driving by every park. Absolutely, it's that's like what that. It is. Yeah, and that's what it is. And there's a clubhouse, and there's a canteen, and there's dressing rooms, a couple of sheets of ice, and it's incredibly well run. And the next community is a few blocks over, and yeah. they've got their own, and you're playing against them. It's. From the time it gets cold in the middle of October and you play until the ice, it starts to melt a little bit, maybe in April, and you wonder if you can get one more game in. Yeah. And it's and you can't go in the corners because it's all puddles and stuff. <laughs> so you move the nets a little closer to the center of the sheet. That's what it's like. And I don't, I mean, that's why it has not gained, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, uh, the fan base that I believe the game deserves. It's spectacular. Back to our conversation a little bit ago, though. The Wild, the Iowa Wild, they're trying to build that as best they can. Yeah, they're doing a good job, yes. too. Getting Those more... rinks that they put out all yeah. around the community, I don't know whose idea that was. If it mm-hmm. was Fredrickson's, it might have been. Um, but just brilliant. Those are the things that you mm-hmm. need to do. And will there ever turn out to be an NHLer? I know we had one way back in the day. but Scott Clemenson got there from yeah. there, goalie. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this something that's going to cultivate that? Maybe not, but if you're just building a little bit, because you're right. I'm not a huge hockey guy. It's a incredibly fun sport. And if you've never been, even to a Bucks game or a Wild game here right. locally, but then to ramp that up and go to an NHL game, it is to see those guys, how big they are. That's always my takeaway. Speed. Yes. These are 6'4", 220-pound monsters yeah. just flying up and down right. the ice. Um, if you can make it from Phoenix, and Austin Matthews did, you can make it from Central Iowa. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, coming up on 10.30, Tommy Birch will be next as we recap yesterday. Overall, in the... Um, I mean, I guess if you're a Clippers fan, <laughs> if you're a Brewers fan, uh, if you're a Lightning fan, you enjoyed yesterday. But it was just kind of meh. Now, I didn't see... Any Dodgers Giants late? I saw a couple of innings, all around ten o'clock. But I guess it got a little. I mean, it was a close game. It was, yeah. Three two was the final. There, it was. Dodgers jumped on them right away, mm-hmm. and I uh, got to. Oh, I can't remember who was on the bump there. Because yeah, same thing. I was flipping around, saw they were doing the live look-ins on MLB Network, so I saw a little bit there on that one. I didn't see anything that you were talking about, though, when I was watching. So. Yeah, I, I think I think um, I saw that there was on Twitter this morning some play in the ninth inning. Oh, okay. I, uh, anyway, potentially a bad call. Speaking of bad calls, Angel Hernandez had the plate last night. <laughs> Good God. He really Every five you. days, you know he's going to trend on Twitter. Yeah. It's just, it's inevitable. Is there ever been somebody in sports, and I'm guessing there probably has, mm-hmm. but as inept as he is at what he, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows he's awful at his job. Mm. 
Who, who would that the be? Washington Generals. Okay. Yeah. But they're supposed to lose. Oh, okay. Right. Angel You're talking Angel. about real sports? Yeah. Okay. He's a guy that's supposed to be in whatever field of endeavor, sporting endeavor that you're in, yeah. has anybody ever got to that level but has been so awful at the, their job? The Brooklyn Bruiser, I think he was the jobber in the WWF back in the 80s okay. that had to lose every time. Yeah. Again, that's a scripted event, though. Right. Real event? The guy's name in, in Canada was, was going to lose, the Washington General Wrestler, the very capable Kenny J. <laughs> the very capable. The very capable Kenny J. All right, timeout. Uh, coming back with Tommy Birch. We'll pick Tommy's brain again. The register, if you're trying to educate yourself on name, image, and likeness in the state of Iowa, Heinz and Petey have been doing a really good job of trying to do just that. Uh, Tommy Birch on that, on what he saw this past weekend at Principal Park, is there were three Chicago Cubs, only one of which, in my opinion, will make a difference this year, um, and that's Nico Horner. Uh, so we'll pick his brain on that. And other stuff with Birchie. As we continue here on Miller and Condon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0-106. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and 0 and 106.3 FM. And welcome back, 1035 on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News on the NFL at 1105. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports uh, at 1130 on the Big 12. Right now, our friend Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, uh, he joins us. Birch, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing fine. Uh, Birch, I read your piece on... um, Coop's Cages. I really enjoyed the piece. Um, look, Eric Cooper gone way too soon, and and such a nice man, right? Uh, just a, just a horrible, horrible uh, thing that uh, uh, that happened to Coop coming out of surgery and have the blood clot, and it cost him his life. But boy, oh boy, the community has stepped up uh, over at Hoover where he went to high school. Uh, Joe Madden chipped in to the cause, and those batting cages in memory of Eric Cooper with that uh, uh, sign on all of the batting ca- cages is a tribute to a really good guy. Glad you wrote the piece, Birchie. Well done. Thanks. You know, uh, and, and I, I can kind of echo everything you said about Coop. You know, I spent a lot of time um, around him and, you know, you get to know a lot of the umpires from around here, especially um, you know me. I've, I've written about a lot of the guys yeah. from him to Pat Hover to Tim McClellan, but I think one of the last times I saw Coop was he um, you know, he was recovering from, uh, I think, a separate surgery but he was back in Iowa for a little bit, and um, you know he came to to an Iowa Cubs game and sat in the press box with me. And uh, Michael Admire happened to be there for a little bit too, and just sat there and talked baseball with us for yeah, a long time. Awesome. And, you know that's the type of guy Coop was. You know Coop would talk baseball with anybody, and mm-hmm. uh, he loved to tell stories. He loved to talk about the game, and he really enjoyed being around kids too. You know that was another one of my interactions with him was when he visited a, a middle school in Waukee, and I remember one of the questions a kid asked him to do was, you know, give, give me your strikeout call. And <laughs> nice. He stood up in front of that room, and he acted like he was, you know, he was in the middle of Yankee Stadium <laughs> right behind home plate ringing up uh, Derek Jeter. So um, it, it's a really cool thing, and I think Eric Cooper would, would really enjoy seeing 
um, how those kids at Hoover High School are benefiting from from such a great cause in his name. Absolutely. You know what? Um, he was. It was great that before he passed, he was able to fulfill a dream and, and get to the World Series, right? The story of how he was told, Joe Torrey, reaching out to him uh, and his wife who were in the car at the time and, and Coop uh, relaying the story. And you might have written it, uh, Birchie. I'm sure you probably did. Uh, you know, just having to pull over because he had a tear in his eye that he'd been named to one of the, uh, to, uh, get one of the spots, one of the umpires in the World Series. He reached the pinnacle before, sadly, he passed. Yeah, and, you know, you talk to a lot of people uh, in the game, too, and, you know, I'd mentioned the the Urbandale native Pat Hoberg, you know, the, the big league umpire right mm-hmm. now, too. That was something that, you know, Eric Eric was really proud of those accomplishments, you know, uh, the World Series and All-Star game, you know, behind the, the play for, I believe, three no-hitters. But he took a lot of pride in helping a lot of those young umpires, um, especially the Iowa guys like Pat Hobart, rise through through the big leagues. And I remember one of the first times, you know, I've I've known Pat Hobart for a long time, both of us being being uh, local area guys. We had actually played some high school uh, baseball together mm. um, in a fall league, and I remember, you know, when when Hobart actually got to the big leagues and made his debut. I called him up and I said, "Hey, you know, I, I, you know, I'd like to to do a story." He goes, "Let me let me call Coop first. You know, I'd love to get some advice on on how to handle that." I mean, wow. he was he was a true mentor to to all those young umpires and not just the Iowa guys as well. Well, and another great Hoover story that you had, Birchie, uh, over Father's Day weekend, talking about Tyler Brown, the uh, second year Hoover coach. His son yeah. a year ago born yeah. premature and. Birchie, uh, you do this a lot, but you tugged at the heartstrings <laughs> on Father's Day weekend, and it was a little misty as I was reading through the article. Uh, for people that haven't seen us, fill us in on the Hoover baseball coach and his young son, Brody. Yeah, so uh, you kind of hit on it there where Brody turned uh, turned one a couple of days before Father's Day, but it was a really tough first year for, for Tyler Brown, the Hoover High School baseball coach, and his entire family. You know, uh, Last year was going to be was his first season as a head baseball coach at the high school level and, and running the Hoover High School baseball program. And he got one game into the season, and, and Brody was born prematurely. Mm-hmm. He spent most of the season kind of bat, uh, you know jumping back and forth between Des Moines and Cedar Rapids, Iowa City. He even coached a couple of games by, by Zoom, and um, the people in the Hoover community started a GoFundMe page, raised a lot of money to to help with the medical bills. And um, I went out to a Hoover High School game um, earlier this month and got to meet Brody and, and Tyler's wife, Hannah. And it, it was cool to see that, hey, uh, the, they're going to baseball games now. You know, that first year, Hannah and, and Brody would, would watch all the games, but they'd be at the hospital or she'd be on their Airbnb up in Cedar Rapids watching. But Jeez. Um, you know, it's one of those things that really puts things into into perspective that every everybody is dealing with their own their own things. But I think when when you read about Tyler Brown and his family and everything they've been through, it, it not only puts things into perspective for people, but I think hopefully inspires people to know that you know. Um, Good days will come even during the toughest of times. Mm. Uh, Tommy Birch is our guest from the Des Moines Register. Birchie, uh, covering covering the I Cubs, give us an idea 
Uh, of how many scouts are in attendance on, on any particular night? I mean, they used to sit right behind, behind home plate and they'd have their radar guns. At least a couple of them would. And, 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 but I'm leading to, are you seeing more of them as they approach the trade deadline? Whether they're there to look at the AAA Cubs or whoever happens to be in the other dugout scouts coming to, um, you know, to Principal Park, as I'm sure they do all across minor league baseball. But are you see, do you see more of that as we get closer to the trade? deadline yeah typically in the past i usually have you you really start to notice that even after the the trade deadline comes and goes and and then you have the you know the waiver trade deadline where you can still make trades but guys have to clear waivers and and stuff like that there there's definitely a lot of eyes on the triple a um level even past that because i think they know like okay if we want to get this guy there's a there's still a decent chance he might clear their waivers. But this year, just in general, I would say the, the attendance of scouts at minor league baseball games, at least in Des Moines, just hasn't been at the same number mm-hmm. that I've seen it before. And I don't know what the reason is kind of for that. And, you know, my guess would be is you look across baseball, one of the things, one of the areas that a lot of teams are slashing in is their scouting department. You know, there's such a high emphasis on sabermetrics and following the numbers and watching the video um, just in your office. I mean, you look at the Chicago Cubs, and they still have people that come down to Principal Park, Matt Dory, their their uh, their farm director this year, Jeremy Masson, who was their farm director in the past, uh, make it down to Principal Park, I would say, maybe you know once a month. But it, it was kind of well-known throughout the inner circles that you probably weren't going to see a guy like Theo Epstein or Jed Hoyer in Des Moines because in Theo Epstein's box at Wrigley Field, he would have television pretty much just piping in all those minor league games throughout the system to him. So I think that's kind of become the trend, too, knowing that, hey, you don't have to send um, you don't have to send scouts to, to all of these areas and and, and two, that's just been an area that's been cut down, too. But also probably the other factor is the fact that you have now had the Major League Baseball draft pushed back to uh, July. I think a lot of departments right now are really focusing in on you know the, the finishing touches of the draft and who they're scouting and who they're keeping uh, close tabs on right now. One of the guys keeping close tabs on is Brody Brecht. It's uh, fun getting out there, and all of a sudden you see somebody with a, a gun sitting to another guy with a radar gun, and they're sitting there scouting him. What's the latest on Brody Brecht? I've heard some numbers thrown out. He loves football. I, I think that goes without saying. He wants to be an Iowa Hawkeye. He wants a chance to run out in Kinnick Stadium. If somebody takes him and drafts him, they're going to have to pay pretty significantly, it feels. That's what I'm hearing. How about you on Brody Brecht? Yeah, some of the scouts I've talked to have said, look, it's going to cost first or second round money to, to sign Brody Brecht, and that's going to be a pretty expensive call for a guy that, um, you know, does have a tremendous, a tremendous amount of talent. But, you know, I've heard you talk about Trump where everybody that, that has seen Brody Brecht that, that knows him real well um, has said, look, you know, to get him to where they would want him to be in terms of a development factor there's going to be some work that needs to be done. It's not like Brody Brecht is a guy that you draft now and in two years is in the big league. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time, even though he's thrown, you know, mid to high nineties. The, the projections is if you clean up the mechanics, um, 
get him in a weight room where he's really focused on baseball. He's the guy that's touching 100, maybe 101 and possibly 102. But I think a lot of teams are really scared off by that idea that, hey, his dream, you know, when I was talking to Brody Breck the, the other month or um, earlier this month, you know, his dream, like you said, is to run out of Kinnick Stadium. His dream is not to play Major League Baseball. That's I think crazy. the reason why playing Major League Baseball is at least on his radar is the idea that there is some major money that's kind of being oh. dangled in front of him. But you, you, it's funny. I watched one of his starts earlier this season. There had to have been maybe 10, 15 scouts there. Rick Heller uh, from Iowa was there. And, you know, as soon as he takes them out for his warm-ups and, you know, his first pitch is heaped in there, I think, at 92, 93, they all looked around and just kind of laughed and shook their heads. Like, this is amazing. Like, there there is a legitimate shot that this kid is, is, is not going to play professional baseball. And I think... You know, the real interesting thing is it's it's tough to, to lure him away from Iowa. Once he gets to Iowa and starts playing football, man, it, I, I get the impression that it's, it's going to be really tough to keep him on a baseball field because of that passion for football, too. But the one saving grace for, I think, Rick Heller is the fact that they know, like, okay, he comes to Iowa, he's going to be a day-one contributor for the Iowa Hawkeye baseball team. He's not going to be a day one contributor for the Iowa Hawkeye football team. It's just it's life changing money, man. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just it must be an incredibly I'll difficult decision. <laughs> I'm with you, right? It's Virtue, we saw your recruiting profile, though. You were not getting that kind of money. <laughs> That's why I'm taking it. But you yes, know, I'm writing it, about it. Funny, you, <laughs> you, you talk to his family. You know, his mom's a teacher. She she really has emphasized the, the importance of, of getting a college education. You know, and it's not just Brody that's a diehard fan, you know, a diehard Hawkeye fan. I, the, this really sums up to me. I remember talking to, to his mom about the idea of, like, okay, just, you know, how much they love going to Iowa football games. I said, was this the type of thing that if, if Brody wasn't good, you would kind of dangle it in front of him and say, look, if you aren't good, you don't. Do good in school or <laughs> wow. don't shape up. We're, yeah. we're, we're not going to take you to the Iowa football game. Mom was like, no, I don't think so because I really want to go to the football <laughs> game too. So, um, but on the flip side, she said, look, I, I understand if that type of money is coming his way. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to tell him to, to, to turn it down. But it's like I said, the dream is to play football at Iowa. Mm. The dream has not necessarily been to, to play in the big league. And I guess, look, if he, he he plays football, he plays baseball. It's not like he can't play baseball at some point. Mm-hmm. You, you, you put it off, but then, you know, you're taking a huge, huge risk if something Samarja happens. Worked for him. It did, but there's probably a long list of guys that it didn't sure. work for, right? Uh, Birchie, last thing for you. Are you still on track to cover the game at Field of Dreams? Will you be the registers? Uh, at least one of them. I don't know how many passes. It's going to be pretty tight, I imagine, uh, press pass-wise. Are you still on track for Field of Dreams, Yanks, White Sox in August? Yeah, I believe that's the game uh, The game plan. We we applied for credentials. I think Randy Peterson's going. He's oh, going good. To be my, uh, he's going to be my wheel man. So uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun. I'm really excited to, to see the whole setup because both of you guys can vouch for this. Like They have they have kept that that specially constructed field under serious wraps. I mean, I think the only real footage we've got of it 
is when JP Morosi went out there, I think last month and did a did a couple of quick shots for, for Fox because he's gonna be part of the broadcast group. But if you go up to Dyersville right now, you and you wanna see that field, you better bring some binoculars. <laughs> Great stuff. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register. Great piece on Coop's Cages. It's in today's register or online, DesMoinesRegister.com. Birchie, thank you, buddy. Good to catch up with you. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Trent, I, 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 Brody Brex, Jack Condens mm-hmm. in, that, in that same spot. Yep. In uh, for a lot of years, right? Uh, we're, we're about 16, 16 years away. 16 years, yep. right. Um, it's a dream to run out of the tunnel at Kinnick Stadium, mm-hmm. and it, I'm sure it will be for Jack. Oh yeah, I'm guessing he's getting to up his in a Hawkeye household. Right? He's getting to his first game at Kinnick coming up this year. Perfect. It's just millions of dollars Million. that you can set yourself up for the rest of your life. You can. You can. But you're never getting. You lose Those that college opportunity. Times. I get it. I get it. And even taking football away because I was nowhere close to a football mm-hmm. field. I was nowhere near to close to a college. So I, and uh, those times are they are special. Yeah. And if that's something that is incredibly important, mm-hmm. you see Brody Brecht. You see how he recruits for the Hawkeyes. I do. He loves it, Trent. He, it's. I mean, it's the passion he has. It's real. And that's the passion we talk about in this state. Because it's about being a mm-hmm. Hawkeye or a Cyclone and that importance and that pull. Something we talk about. How can you do sports talk radio in a market like that? Yeah. It's easy because it of the is. passion and the passion in that family. And it's just, it's more important. Yeah, it's millions of dollars and it's a professional opportunity. But it's also an opportunity he dreamed about. Right. Brody doesn't use vegetables. You t- t- take the sa- game away from him. Sat- no, no, no. I, I want to go, yeah, too. Yeah. I'm not sitting <laughs> at home with him. Right. I want to go to the game, too. Right. Oh, man. Uh, it sounds as though he's, he's going to Iowa. He's I gonna, think so. He's yes. turning down the baseball opportunity. He is what they term in baseball unsignable. Right. It sometimes has a negative connotation. It's not what it is. No. He knows what he wants, though. And he can go to Iowa for three years. Here's the other thing. He's going to be there working with Rick Heller. Yeah, that can't hurt. Yes, for three years. Right. And in three years after his junior season, very well, instead of being maybe second, third round pick, he could be a first rounder. This is a guy that throws 98 mm-hmm. and hasn't been a full-time pitcher in his life. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that just does everything well. And now he's got these opportunities in front of him. Uh, take our final time out of the hour coming up. Yes. Uh, when we come back, I have a little something for us. The top, this is from a New York Times poll from 2015. The top three MLB teams in Polk County. It's broken down from by the County. New York Times. They have every county in this survey that was done. It was a little while back, but only the top three, unfortunately. Okay. We'll uh, break down what we were talking well, about. Well, we've a little got earlier. two of them right for sure. I think the question is: is do we have the Twins properly identified as the third best team? We'll find out when we come back after this quick timeout. It's Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KX and Owen one hundred dot com. This tune. I haven't heard this one a long time. Yeah. Condon. Well done. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Uh, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Our buddy Glenn out in Guttenberg mm-hmm. uh, passed this uh, text along uh, for those of you who want to see the Field of Dreams. And as Birchie said, you can't get close to it. Well, KWWL Channel 7. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they've got a drone, and they just sent the drone over this past weekend, and it's up at their website. Oh, great. KWWL.com. If you want to see the Field of Dreams, Dyersville, uh, from this past weekend via drone, you can. All right, so let's get to that uh, excellent tease Yes, going into the break. And earlier in the show, we tried to come up with kind of the breakdown of the local MLB teams. We had Cubs at 40, twin uh, uh, Cardinals at 20. And then kind of fill in the, from there we went Twins, Royals, White Sox, Brewers. Yes. So you said you found something from the New York Times in 2015. Yes. So this is uh, fans by Facebook, though. This is through okay. Facebook that considers themselves Was this after a fan. the Royals World Series? It would have been right in that range. Okay. But remember, this is all major league teams. Okay. So the Cubs are first, but this is all 30 MLB teams, mm-hmm. 32% okay. in Polk County consider themselves Cubs fans. Second on the list, Cardinals. The New York Yankees. What? 13% of Polk County residents on Facebook consider themselves Yankees fans. The Cardinals are mm-hmm. third at 11%. Move one county over. Let's go over to Dallas County. 31% for the Cubs, 12 yeah. for both the Yankees and Cardinals there. The Yankees, the Yankees huh? are everywhere. Huh. Now, you move up north, go up to Story County. Yeah, where do you have to go for the Twins to cut in? The Cubs, 31%. The Twins are next at 13% up there. And uh, my stomping grounds, Mitchell County, Twins, 59%. Cubs, 10%. <laughs> Yankees at 5%. All right, go over to the uh, to the eastern part of the state. Let's go to Johnson County. Yeah, that's a good Iowa one. City. Cubs, 38%. Cardinals, 13%. Third surprise me, the White Sox at 9% mm-hmm. of the fans. Uh, my favorite, though, is you go all the way up, the only county in Iowa, Al McKee, way up in the northeast corner, Wacom, Decora area. There's your Brewer The fans. Brewers at 41%, the Twins at 20 and the Cubs at 13%. Very interesting. We're out of hour. Hour two coming up. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Wonder if Vinny's heard anything regarding hard knocks. We'll ask him that. Broncos? I'm telling you, they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers before they pull the trigger. Um... Lots of issues with Vinnie Iyer to get to. And then Big 12 conversation with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. We're here until noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.